Welcome, 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 everybody. We are uh, back for, oh my God, we survived a second episode, boys. What do you think about that? Um, of the rub, um, you know, uh, if you haven't checked out uh, where you can actually get our podcast and get it on anywhere, you can basically get a podcast. Chris, I believe it's Spotify, Google, anywhere else that I need to know about. Uh, basically everywhere. Spotify, Google, Apple. Yeah, and you can also follow us on Facebook under under the rub. We're also there too. So if you have any questions or any questions that you want to see on the show, uh, you can fire us off some questions, uh, you know, on Facebook. So um, we're here with the illustrious WrestleMania episode, but uh, who are we without our wonderful, wonderful, you know, I guess, uh, panel of, you know, experts that we have. So let's start it off. Uh, Josh, what did you think of WrestleMania? How was it, buddy? Uh, I think WrestleMania was a huge success. I, I'm uh, was quite pleased with the the way things went. The results were, they had some swerves and some interesting things. I was really happy with uh, how it went, and uh, it was it was a great uh, great great two nights. Amazing. And with our other part of the illustrious panel, we have uh, Chris. Chris, you have long hair. What do you say about <laughs> that? I heard you're going to be getting a haircut this week. Is that accurate? Uh, well, I I don't know where your intel is, but yes, I will be getting a haircut. Possibly not this week, but in the coming future. Um, I really enjoyed everything about night one. Um, I Night two kind of, kind of took away from it a little bit. I didn't think night two was as exciting. Um, and I mean... I didn't really want Cody Rhodes to win and then watching watching the match and then kind of going back and thinking about it. I, I don't think I would have really minded if he won. So, And I became a big fan of Omos. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, happy about, <laughs> pretty happy about uh, getting that Omos shirt when it finally comes out. Yeah, I think we're all going to be trying to rep that Amash shirt. I think um, uh, he definitely had a great performance. Um, but with that being said, we're probably, we probably we might get to that. We might not. It depends on how the questions roll. But first major question that we had, obviously the big news, what we should be talking about right off the bat is WrestleMania and how uh, those events for day one and day two were pretty much, uh, you know, greatest, I don't know, about greatest spectacle of all time. But it's the... For wrestling, it's probably the biggest spectacle of the year, but there's a little bit of news that overshadowed that, which was uh, the WWE sale to Endeavor um, that happened. Uh, basically, it seemed like that was uh, getting into the final stages on Saturday um, or Sunday and was basically announced by Triple H on uh, Raw on Monday in a, in a way. So my question to you guys as the panel, and we'll, we'll start with Josh on this one, is this deal to Endeavor good going to be good for business do you think or do you think it's going to be bad for business based on uh, the structure of the deal um yeah i think it's i think it's a good thing uh i was actually i mean i didn't realize that they were even in the running uh for the purchase i think this is this makes the one of the most sense to me it's it's great because it's got some uh opportunities for some more crossover um that you know as well promotes both brands um it'll also give wwe like a, a, an even bigger market where they can you know pr- cross promote events and they might even be able to attract new fans to the sport and give some more legitimacy to the sport even though you know it is scripted the the athletes are real and i think that uh you know it's a, it could be a it could be a great change um it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they handle creative and if they're going to have um, any impact on that, I imagine they will being the the majority owners. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good thing. Chris, what are your thoughts? Good or bad for business? Do you think that it's going to be a good thing for the Endeavor sale based on what you see with the UFC? Um, what are your thoughts? 
I think it's uh, great for Vince, and I, I think he's uh, he's got a lot of a lot of money now to for lawyers. But uh, I don't know. I think uh, the word I wrote down some notes today about about that specifically, and and one of the first things that I that I wrote down was unstoppable because uh, if you look at UFC where they are in their market, and you look at WWE where they are in their market, they're the two. Like, that is where everybody wants to go. Everybody wants to work there. So, I mean, with McMahon and Dana White together, uh, who who knows what wild things we're going to be seeing because anything could happen. And the other, the other note I wrote down, and this is because they both kind of, you know, they both, uh, they both really like their time there is, is Saudi because they're, I can, I can only imagine what the partnerships with Saudi is going to be because both both those organizations have a pretty close, tight relationship. So, um, I mean, event-wise, production-wise, money coming from there, I don't know. It's uh, we might we might see some really big things in the future. You kind of look at the numbers when you're going across, and you kind of look at uh, what was it? Fifty-one percent of the shares will be sold by WWE. Forty-nine percent of the shares will be kept by uh, current WWE shareholders. And you're looking at a company valuation of nine billion dollars. Like that's an insane number when you're thinking about it. And I, I have to agree when you're looking at what Endeavor's done with the UFC and getting it. Uh, I mean, I don't know how far along Endeavor was. Um, in the UFC, I, I followed it a lot in the beginning. I've kind of petered off a little bit now. But, you know, you look at how far they've come with TV deals, um, documentaries. You have shows that are on just numerous platforms all the way across. Like, it is definitely like a global sports brand. And you know what? Like, you're going through, you still have pay-per-view sales and generation that comes from that. There's so many things that are available that Endeavor has probably put into that company. Now, you kind of look at what we have for WWE and what's going through. Now, where do they take it forward? I think my, my concern is, do we eventually get off this uh, kind of the, the family product and go back to something that's more of an Attitude Era style? I mean, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but uh, it's really interesting to see now where you have different people in different positions that can make a different direction for the company if needed. Um, and the money is clearly there. So um, I'm with you josh i don't know how creative is going to look after it when it's all said and done but uh hopefully the product's good um and and it's just it's great for the wrestling fan i think if they tailor to the wrestling fan and they tailor to uh what it's about create those atmospheres create those moments and those experiences i think that really it's going to be a, a good situation for them moving forward there's only more money to be made so the other thing is is that they won't be booking against each other either right so now it's like I imagine you wouldn't be booking your biggest promotion on the same night that, you know, your your other company is also booking their biggest promotion or another big promotion on. Right. So it's like they're not going to be competing with each other for market space as much potentially. No, for sure. And it'd be nice. You know what? I found that uh, I'm not a big fan of the Saturday pay-per-views for WWE. It's just something that I just have never liked. I really I really loved when it was the Sunday, the Sunday pay-per-views because they usually did coincide with UFC when I was really watching them or with other events that were going on. So Sunday nights were always open. It'll be interesting to see, but you're right that there won't be as much head-to-head for that. And I think that's a good thing, which will be great. Now, even though that took away a little bit from the luster of WrestleMania, from what we were kind of reading all the way through the weekend, we're going through that. Um, but, I mean, WrestleMania is, like we said in the beginning, it's the biggest event of the year. It is absolutely massive. I mean, we were looking at, somebody was saying that um, there's a stat that came on one of the shows that said that apparently, like, during WrestleMania weekend, there's almost 2 billion <laughs> imprints 
of the WWE that happened over the course of those from Friday to Sunday, which if you think about it is like 25% of the world's population, <laughs> which is pretty nuts when you think about that. Now, absolutely massive event. They've gone from one night to two nights. Now, my, my big question for this is, um, we heard Chris talk about a little bit of the luster, so we know that he's going to pick day one. Chris, what were some of the things that you really liked about day one and some of the things that you uh, you didn't like about day two or vice versa? Just kind of give us what your overall thoughts were of both nights. Night one, um, pleasantly ple- pleasantly surprised with, uh, with um, Dom. Uh, I thought Dom possibly showed his best in the ring. Um, I know we're going to get to it later, so I won't talk about my other favorite parts about it, but... Uh, Let's see Logan Paul. As I said, I'm I'm a mark for Logan Paul, so I I I enjoyed his match with Seth quite a bit, and you know, it's good to see Seth get out there and the celeb or the part timer doesn't doesn't go over. I mean, not I, I he'd probably be a consummate professional about it, putting him over for real. But uh, I I think good, you know, it's it's good to see him with the win. He's coming off a few pretty tough pretty tough matches and and pay per view losses. I think the big thing for that is too, is you think about uh, how many times I think he lost to what Cody Rhodes three times in a row. Like he he needed a W on the on that stage. He definitely needed it. It was uh, yeah, he was um, not to say he'd be relevant. He's he's a really colorful character now, so he wouldn't be irrelevant. But I mean, four four big pay per view losses in a row, um, leading off the fourth one or the fourth one itself. If that was WrestleMania, I mean, be hard to come back from that. Um, Charlotte and Ripley. Uh, I mean, that was a great match. I, Charlotte, Charlotte's willing to just put every part of her body on the line. And I mean, there were a couple times where, you know, I jumped up and, and, uh, especially that was it the German suplex and it looked like she, like she landed right on her face and yeah, it's Charlotte Flair. She's fine. She's going to continue on. Um, so those, those are basically my highlights of and uh, the Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn is a good match. Great storytelling. You saw emotion, which was good. Like it was, it was a believable main event where you believe that people actually didn't like each other and people. Sammy gave him the last shot. So yeah, it was it was really entertaining all, all around that main event for for night one. Uh, moving into night two, uh, I Omos. I thought Omos did. Omos did about as good as as he possibly could, so yeah. good for him. Um, Oscar, I would have liked to see Oscar go over on Bianca on that one. What's what's Oscar over seven at WrestleMania? I don't know. I don't know what the stat is, but she's uh, she definitely lost a lot more than she uh, than she's won. I don't know if she has won at WrestleMania, so uh, we'll have to double check the stats on that. That's actually a good one for me to check. Yeah, I thought I I thought I read that uh, read that somewhere yesterday. So yeah, I would I would have liked her. To uh to have come out of there with a W, um or at least seen a title change on night two. I always find it's rough to be on night two as well when you're going through it, right? Because uh, basically a lot of motion. You don't know how much emotion's been taken on night one and how many people are still there. So it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of weird. Eh? You're you're getting over night one and then you're right back into the throw of uh, heightened emotions. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I believe I put it in our chat as well that said, you know, I could really use some Shane McMahon at this WrestleMania, and then. And then uh, eventually all I see or hear is here comes the money. <laughs> and then he blows his quad really bad. And uh, 
the other part I liked about that is we we were talking about it. We don't know if Snoop maybe took it upon his own to maybe go in there and save save the segment. Either if, if that was on him, if he made that decision. That's that's a you know that's that's some ring IQ there that we're seeing. Uh, and if not, somebody just got into his ear quick enough so that he could go out and save the segment. They're saying he saved it on his own. The Triple H is giving him the the praise on that, saying that he acted quickly and, you know, impromptu. I mean, he definitely, there was no way that they planned on him doing the people's elbow unless that was already part of the plan. And Shane would have him go over and do that as well, which is a possibility. He could have just been playing out like the end where he gets involved because he'd been fighting with the Miz the whole time. But it seemed like he, uh, from the reaction from Triple H, is that he did that all on his own. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's crazy to watch. I think, Chris, is there anything else that you wanted to add? I know that uh, I think the only thing you're really missing there is just the main event before we get into Josh's thoughts. Yeah, main, main event was okay. Well, uh, I don't know. I wasn't uh, wasn't huge, huge on it, but uh, it did surprise me. It did surprise me that Cody didn't Cody didn't get it the way it was set up. I thought I thought we were just, you know, waiting for the home run. It was on the tee, and it was Cody was going to get the finish to his story, but um maybe maybe it's true i'm reading out there triple h never forgets <laughs> yeah for sure and uh so it's pretty uh <laughs> it's pretty interesting to see josh before we go into with uh you just the odds makers just to let everybody know as a stat the odds makers on many sites um actually had uh cody rhodes as a minus 550 favorite to win that main event yep. and roman that was, was over was over on. three yeah, so if you if you picked Roman Reigns at three as a three to one dog, you would have made a ton of money. But uh, Josh, what are your thoughts of uh, WrestleMania Night One going into Night Two, and uh, how how did you feel about watching the event over the course of the two days? Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, obviously, for any event that this long, you're going to have a lot of dogs, and you're going to have a you know a couple of couple of winners. And obviously, there was you know matches that were unnecessary but filled time. Um, the the first match Cena versus Theory was you know it wasn't even worth watching, uh, th- the story wasn't really wasn't anything to me, um, you know could see John Cena calling moves it it is what it is, um, the I actually had forgotten that the Street Profits went over when they talked about uh, yesterday when they had won when they were challenging Sammy and Kevin. They said the Street Profits won, and that's how much I paid attention to that match because it just seemed irrelevant to me. It was a it wasn't a terrible match, but uh, it it wasn't uh, anything to write home about. Um, the Seth Rollins Logan Paul match it it was it was a great match. I think that it it did a, a great job, and even though I don't like Logan Paul, he's uh, obviously puts on a great show. Um, so I was quite pleased with that match, and definitely happy with the finish. Rollins deserves to go over. I think that if anything, this you know can set. Rollins up in the right direction to move him towards potentially having, you know, a title run or even challenge for the title so that you have some more viable secondary or guys who are going to challenge for the title. Um, the the women's match uh, with damage, damage control and uh, Becky Lynch lead a Trish status. I'm going to give a shout out to Dakota Kai for this match because yeah. I think that she was really the star of this match. She worked with uh, Lita and Trish, it seems, the most. And she was really selling their moves. And, you know, I was just think, make, you know making mental notes of her flying into the, the ring corner after a half, half-assed, uh, you know, launch from Lita or 
Trish, and even though the match wasn't really good, I I believe I think that Dakota Kai, Io Sky, and Bailey obviously were the the stars of that match, getting them over. Becky Lynch, obviously, she's great, but uh, I think that Dakota Kai was the the star of that match, and I would give her a star for the event because she put over you know two wrestlers who haven't been in the ring for a long time. Um, the Rey Mysterio Dominic match. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about this. I I really enjoyed this match. I agree with Chris. This was Dominic's best match I've ever seen him in. It's clear that him and Ray have been working together, and you know he's improving. I still think he needs to improve his move set. I I he's too big to be performing Rey Mysterio's moves, and the six one nine looks so sloppy when he does it. Regardless of how how strong and how big he he is, it's uh, it's just not a move for him, in my opinion. When you're thinking about Dom and his moveset, I almost think it's like it's funny because we we kind of nobody believes his persona as like this prison Dom or this heel, but he's actually grown into one of the probably the best heels that are on either one of the brands because he gets the most the most hate out of everybody. Like it seems like if there's a Latino in the crowd, they're gonna just absolutely fucking hate that guy for everything that he says about his mother, his father, and and everything. It makes it great. Um, but I almost think that the reason that he doesn't do those moves sloppy is that he doesn't want to hurt anybody. Do you get that feeling when you're watching him? No, I just think that he's long and lanky and that the six one nine you need to be tight and controlled. And it's just when I when you see Ray, it's it's hard because when you see Ray perform the move and then you see Dominic perform the move, it looks so much worse when Dominic does it. So it's just that like when you have someone who is so polished and he's a, a perfect example for his style of wrestling, that like if you're gonna have a guy who's six one doing those same things, I wanna see like a ricochet or someone, you know, who is an impressive physical specimen. Not to say that Dominic's not, you know, he's he's a lot better than he was, you know, I'd say a year ago, but I, he's just not impressive to me physically. So I think that he needs a different moveset. It's just it it's just not doesn't fit his body type. It just doesn't look right when he does it. That's all. Makes sense. And yep. if you're gonna have if you're gonna do if you're gonna do a frog splash when there's like twenty people doing the frog splash, you're gonna be and you're the worst one doing it, you might not want to do the frog splash anymore. Um Yeah. Anyways, so continue with room with uh night one. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Uh this is this was the match of the night for me until the the tag match, obviously. I think that they put on uh, you know, one of the it's it's one of the best women's matches I've ever seen. Um, not to sell any of the women short, but I think that these are the two, two of the best female wrestlers in the business right now. Um, Charlotte Flair of his of all time, um, and Rhea Ripley. I think she's going to be putting her stamp on that coming soon. They're just so physically impressive, and it's it's so nice to see the women be, be that dominant. And I think that's what's lacking in a lot of the women's matches is that because they have a lot of smaller women wrestling these bigger women, it's hard to show. Uh, the dominance is it's not just hard to show the dominance as much, but it's that like when you see a smaller woman dominating like a Rhea Ripley or throwing her with a, a whip, an Irish whip or something like that, it's not believable because when they book the men, you never see a Rey Mysterio Irish whipping anybody bigger than him. Like there's always a there's always a turnaround. So I really enjoyed this match because they really they really really did a great job and like I like it's it's Rhea Ripley going over is exactly what the women's division needs right now and you could see at the end of the match Charlotte had a smile on her face knowing that the battle's not over but that she now has respect for Rhea Ripley because they put on that match and I, it's more than just her you know having to work it was just what a great match did anybody else kind of notice Charlotte Flair like no selling the finisher off the the top rope like she gets pinned and then just rolls out of the ring on her knees and like upset right away 
looked, it looked like, you know what, she like nodded her head and said, you got me, you know, like, and that was kind of it. I don't think she no sell, sold it. I just think that like, she she needed to get out of there to give Rhea her moment in the ring where it was all of her all hers on her own. Yeah, and I think what happens is that there's kind of some movement that's come from since that's actually happened, right? So, um, uh, in I think in the presser, like basically, um, Rhea Rhea talked and kind of put Charlotte over, and then you didn't really hear Charlotte's response until the next day, which was on Twitter, and uh, she actually did say I uh, gave Rhea her props, um, and said that Rhea is going to do an amazing job with the belt, and uh, like just kind of really gave her kind of a champion sense off now rumors are coming out this morning saying that she's going to probably be taking a break um for a little while before she comes back so um charlotte's been known in her career to take these breaks as as part of it just to kind of heal up and kind of do some other things on the side because she does have some businesses so um she's uh she informed officials apparently of a break and she will be taking that how long we don't know at this point but just to provide some insight from what happened on the weekend because i i definitely noticed something on the top chris but it, it didn't i don't know if it was on purpose it didn't feel like that uh after what was said on twitter yeah, and then obviously with uh, on day night one, uh, the the final match it was great, it was fantastic. What an uh, what an emotional journey it was. Um, you know, obviously it's I don't think it's over. Um, it's going to continue for a while, um, but uh, you know it just gave the fans what they deserve in this story. And you know I think the fans really really wanted Sammy to go over and win the title but I think this is more fitting because it gives you Kevin Owens and Sammy and then you know potentially sets up Sammy versus Kevin later when they ultimately break up and go into a fight because you know that's always what's going to happen they, it's it seems like you know but that's going to be a great story too I think that because now Sammy is is a, a main eventer you know and not to say that he wasn't before but they never booked him like that so um yeah and that's what I thought about night 1 night 2 Night two wasn't wasn't as good. Um, it's I, I I agree almost almost whatever Omos Omos yes Omos as Brock Brock would call him almost or whatever it is. But <laughs> I I really enjoyed that match. I think that he showed uh, some strengths that we knew he had, and to him for him to throw Brock around, it was you know a big sign. Unfortunately, you know of course I'm not going to give him the win there. But I think it's it's hard because it's like you're booking this guy to be a giant and then you put him against Braun Strowman and he loses. Then you put him against Brock Lesnar and he loses. It's like how many more, you know, how many guys smaller than him are going to going to go over on him? I think, you know, this might be the year where he starts to get a big push. So hopefully that's the case. I, I, I don't think he can have many long matches, but uh, it'll be interesting. Um, I won't even talk about the women's tag match. It was uh, wasn't uh, very good. Um, the, I'd say the best match for me of this night was the triple threat match, just based on the physicality. It, it might, wasn't necessarily as good of a story as the, the main event, but it was definitely the most physical match of, I would say the two nights, just based on the damage, maybe not the most physical, but the most damage taken, those three men's chests were, you know, bloody. It seemed from like, everybody had a raspberry on their chest. And, you know, anytime you get Gunther in a chop off, you're going to see some huge, huge, huge welts on everybody's chest. So I, I, I was really enjoyed that match. I like the finish as well. Uh, I think Gunther's a great intercontinental, great intercontinental champion. He's a, you know, he plays, even though, you know, he plays the heel, but you like, it's just, I, I don't know. It's something else. I think he's, he's next level there too. So, you know, you're looking at a future champion. 
I thought I thought if he would have lost if he would have lost the the belt, I thought they maybe they were putting him him in line for something bigger. Like if uh, that's that's what my thinking of of it was. If he let's say he loses the belt, is that he's gonna gonna get a push up to that perimeter or or inside the circle of those title challengers, which I think we'll see. But would have been nice to see that night. But still, still yeah. good to see him win, get his moment. I think you're looking at the longevity of titles, and that's something that we've been we were talking a little bit about yesterday, and how like the 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 reign can either be meaningful or or it it doesn't seem meaningful based on what it is. And I think his reign is actually really meaningful, um, because there have been some long intercontinental champions, but he's also I think what the the longest person that's ever been in a Royal Rumble. <laughs> like there's just so many things that they've given this guy. And and you know what? If you ever watch the old Walter matches when he was 300 pounds and wrestling on the Indies. And you watched him, you you could see that he was a great storyteller because in the indies, you don't have time to make stories. You just show up <laughs> and you fight. And so when you're kind of going through it, you only have like a little bit of interaction with the person you're with, but you can see him tell a story with minimal time when he was on the indies. And you know what? And for WWE, they look at big guys. And when he was really big, like when he was 300 pounds, he was still a, a physical asset, but um, I almost say he's so much better in this trimmed down version because he's more, he's more, he can move more. He's still got that height. Um, I still think in all honesty, before he gets to where he needs to go, probably in the next couple of years, um, he's probably going to have to put on a, like probably about 20 or 30 pounds muscle just, just by, by a look standpoint, but he's a big boy and can, and can do a lot of things in that ring and he can fight. He can outthink you. He can, he's a technical wrestler. He can do so many things. And I think, uh, in my opinion, that was the best match of the night on night two by far, like by far, like the crowd was hot for it. He's, uh, everything you just listed are, are those are all the points of, of a perfect intercontinental champion. And that's, that's where he is. He's that, intercontinental like Bret Hart he's one of those intercontinental champions he's putting puts that puts that prestige back in the belt and he's a guy that's gonna fight every night right like that's the thing is you need your intercontinental champion to be on every card putting the title on a line and you need someone like that to be able to win every night because you can't you can't have him lose the title as often because then it's not it's not as meaningful you want to have him and then you build him to be the next heavyweight champion in two years you know yeah, and it's which is why kind of like, you know what, we kind of wonder, my last point on it is why we kind of wonder why Dolph Ziggler is just sitting on the sidelines because that seems like it's perfectly tailored for him, right? But anyways, that's another side of the story. Um, when we get to it, Josh, any more final thoughts on night two? Anything on the main event? Uh, no, just, uh, well, I, I'm uh, disappointed that Asuka didn't go over. I was really sad that she missed the mist. As soon as she missed the mist, you know that she was not winning. Um, Helena Cell... I think got shut down because of the injury. Obviously, I think it took a lot of wind out of the match, um, but it was a good match overall. But it was uh, the the wind got taken out with that injury when the doctor came in. Um, and the final match, it was I thought it was a really good match. Uh, it's just kind of getting to be redundant for me with Roman Reigns. Like I like I really enjoy him as a champion, but it's the same thing over and over again: three or four interferences and then a win. So you know, it'd be nice to see. I know that that's how a heel goes over a lot of the times, but it's just like, you know, it's almost discounting his championship to me. Yeah, and uh, you know what? That's uh, that's something that we're going to be talking about a little bit later in the podcast. But one of the big things, big statistic for uh, Finn Balor's head, 
15 staples in his head after the ladder hit. So um, he was in the hospital. And uh, if you want to see the gruesome picture, it is actually on his Twitter because it was there uh, basically this afternoon when I checked. <laughs> so with that being said, that's a really good overview, gents. Um, with that, um, we're kind of talking about, uh, you know, this big kind of peacocking stage that WrestleMania is, you know, 80,000 people at, you know, SoFi Stadium, um, you know, biggest night of the year, um, used to be the biggest pay-per-view uh, expense out of our pockets when uh, things used to be on pay-per-view. So everything about WrestleMania is big. So my question to you guys is, if you had to pick the best entrance for the evening, who was it and why? Starting with Chris. Chris, who had the best entrance at WrestleMania? Oh, 100% Dominic Mysterio. Oh, my God. So good. He just coming in, the how long it was, and it, oh, just <laughs> the lead up to it. Just Dom, like, we don't understand what Dom's been through. Like, he's he's been to, he's spent <laughs> a, a night in jail. Like, come on. Spent nine hours in prison. <laughs> I really liked Ray's. Ray coming in with uh with the throwback to Eddie, Snoop driving the car. I I really liked it. Um and yeah, so that's those two and I, I told you guys right away when I saw it, I'm like, this is perfect, perfect for Dom. And uh yeah, just got me. Other than that, uh you know, I'm a big entrance guy and it's hard to Edges Edges was cool. That was a different type of mask that I've seen. Like I haven't seen that kind of mask before and it wasn't wasn't kind of hokey pokey where wrestling sometimes like it's just really not well done and it's like bulky and you know lumps all over when they try to do masks but this one was pretty good so that was a pretty cool entrance the demon's entrance is is always good it's always good to see that um (laughs) and shane mcmahon here comes the money those those are those are my favorite entrances Josh, yeah, those are some great ones. Josh, what about yourself? Anything that stands out other from that or anything that you want to add uh, to what Chris is saying? Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, so I agree. I have Rey Mysterio as my favorite entrance. Um, but, I, I'll, you know, what? I'm going to give shout out to Logan Paul on his entrance coming in on a harness. It's, you know, it, it's definitely a spectacle. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to see when WWE's, uh, you know, doing entrances like that, you know, Owen, Owen falling from the sky, you'd think that, oh, crap, are they ever going to do that again? Um, so not to say that it was a spectacular entrance, but him coming from the coming from the like, hanging was pretty impressive. So, you know, I'll give him props to that. Uh, but definitely Rey Mysterio was the, the highlight for me. And he definitely when he got onto the stage, there was that huge pop and you could just feel the audience, you know, willing him to whoop his son in front of them. So, you know, I I think that was, uh, that was it for me. I think I'm going to go a little bit off the grid and I'll probably go with Seth Rollins. I think that was the, the, the entrance that I was waiting for all WrestleMania. I definitely didn't expect him to show up with uh, something out of his wife's closet. But I think at the end of the day, when you're uh, when you're going through that, I think having the conductor there and really kind of guiding the whole crowd to get them all involved. I mean, I I think there'd be something special um, to be him and have some like I think 
when you're a wrestler and you're looking for a crowd interaction and people to kind of go through, I think there's nothing better than somebody singing your song. It's like kind of like, you know, we've been in the crowd, Josh, you and I, when we, uh, you know, when Jericho's song played and, you know, when Judas plays and you sing it and it just goes crazy. And like that was in front of like 5,000 people. Can you imagine that in front of 80,000 people? Like that must be like the biggest trip of all time. And I just think his entrance was so well done. It was, it was nice and slow. He, he was there with the conductor. He kind of did a stupid laugh and kind of walked around and um i think he was really just trying to tell kind of like logan paul that hey as much as your your entrance you're coming in on a harness and you do things big he goes i'm going to show you how to, to kind of do things big too with having the whole crowd behind me so i thought personally that was i think the next one for me if i had to go down doms was great don't get me wrong but um i think bianca belair's was something special um you know to to have uh, the different groups of uh, of kids that were with you and then hearing the story about how one of the the little girl performance the the mother passed away on the same day as WrestleMania and still Bianca still guided her to do the performance i think that's something you know pretty special when you think about something like that so uh Bianca said in the press conference she goes um you know, I have to try and find my why. And she goes in a lot of cases for like the WrestleMania is when I have a lot of the different groups and um, and how representation matters. I think it was really important for her. And I think that's uh, what makes her her definitely uh, her WrestleMania entrances extremely unique. So that was uh, kind of pretty cool to see on my end. So um, I think anytime we can get some good in this world and positivity, I think it's a good thing. Right. So and I know that I know that you guys agree. Um. Now, we talked a little bit about it. We've kind of dabbled a little bit about uh, all the great things, and uh, we've kind of heard some couple of, you know, not-so-great things. But if you had to ultimately, both of you, pick your ultimate disappointment from the weekend, and it can be what you saw in the ring or even outside of the ring or something that was related, tied into the event, what do you think your biggest disappointment of WrestleMania weekend would be? So, Josh, we'll start with you. What do you think your biggest disappointment of uh, of the, the two days was, if you had to pick one thing? You know, I don't really... I'm not super disappointed with anything. I did make a couple notes. I was disappointed that Oscar didn't win. I think I was, I really like Oscar. She has a, a, you know, really unique style. And I think she uh, brings something different to the women's division. Um, it's definitely, you know, something that I really respect when I, when I watch her wrestle, um, she makes everybody look better in the ring. Um, and then, you know, of course the other thing that it, that was a big disappointment was that almost almost didn't go over. So, that would, but other than that, you know what? I don't think there's too much disappointment for me. Uh, it was a great show, and you know it was as expected. Bad matches, good matches. You know, never going to be expecting anything out of a John Cena match. So, <laughs> Chris, what about you? Biggest disappointment of WrestleMania weekend? Uh, and just for the record, Oscar's zero and five at WrestleMania. Um, let's see. Uh, biggest disappointment? I I do. I mean, I agree with Josh. I don't want to just go with the same thing, but um, Asuka, I was there for her debut, and and I don't know. I I just uh, I was I was a big fan right from the start. So I don't know. I think it would have been good for her to carry the belt for a little bit, other than Bianca. I mean, I like I like Bianca's power game in the ring, but I don't know. That's that's about all I like about it. Um, I was just ready for you know Asuka to to just be you know, that professional pro wrestler who goes in and wrestles and just to go and to go and hold that belt for a while, have some meaningful feuds. 
do you find Chris can I ask you, do you find it weird like they switch not they switched her they brought her like brought the new character in and that's kind of why I thought she was going to win is because they're introducing this new character it's going to be she's going to be able to beat Bianca and then she doesn't go over but the other thought I was having about her is like does she not go over because she's not a talker and like do they need to give her a manager to help you know get her you know get the like give her like a Paul Heyman kind of style person so that she doesn't falter because I feel like the reason that wrestlers like her aren't going over is because they're not able to speak. Well, it speak is, well. it is right. It is kind of not, I don't want to, I don't, I don't really have the right word for it, but you know, when you have somebody and you're, you're having, you're having a, a promo and you're shooting a promo and, and you don't understand what the other person is saying, it's kind of, I see you're passionate and fiery about it, but when when she's in a promo with somebody, she she speaks Japanese, and then it's basically okay. I don't I don't know what I don't know what you said, but yeah, uh, yeah uh, it it could be it could be a reason why why you know they don't put a belt on her like she can't, but she's one of the few where she can come out and instead of having that promo, she comes out has a great match, and that's you know that's what you want to see from Oscar. So to me, I don't mind. I'd rather hear not speak the Japanese and just let the wrestling do the talking. But you could be, you could be right there. It could be a reason. And and I, I'd have to agree. It could play a factor. But I I honestly believe as well that when you kind of look at the division and if you put both divisions together, that she is the MVP for chasing titles. And so when you're going out of it, she creates a lot of buzz on the title, and she doesn't really need a title because at the end of the day, we know she can kick somebody's head in. We know that she could submit somebody or break an arm if she had to. Like it's kind of like, I, I don't want to compare it to Ronda Rousey, but at the end of the day, it's almost like she's 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 better than Ronda Rousey. Like I almost believe her more that she that she's gonna hurt somebody more than Ronda Rousey would in a way, <laughs> and that and that comes with that from without talking. So maybe she does need that talker. Maybe she does, but I honestly think the only place that she would need a talker is in the American professional wrestling scene, which is arguably the biggest scene. Like if you were to send her to new Japan, like she'd probably have some of the best matches in new Japan. She could, she could literally fight men in new Japan and still probably have uh, an amazing match compared to anybody. She is legitimately that good. And, um, you know, so I also think the WWE, like I said, likes her in this chase spot. Cause I think in when they have the, have her in this chase spot, she's believable as a challenger. And even though she doesn't win, she can still get those other two over. And let's face it, Bianca, when you look at Bianca, Charlotte, and now possibly even Rhea Ripley, they're big money draws outside of the business, right? Like Bianca's a massive draw outside. Like she draws so much. It's the same like the Mysterios, the the Latino community and everything. They they just draw so much business in, right? So when you're looking at a lot of that, like Oscar's a really good chaser, and that's kind of where they like her, right? Um. So disappointments. Did I? Did we get everybody for disappointments? Just not you. Kind of less. Oh, just not me. My biggest disappointment, um, and uh, we'll keep it short and sweet, but is literally the injury that Finn Balor sustained in the Hell in a Cell. 
I felt it really took away. Um, accidents happen. Shit happens when you're in the ring. We know that. Um, but like when you have when you need to get 15 stitches in there and you're bleeding all over the place and you know it's bad. It's it's really hard to have a, a match that's really conducive and up to your standards. And and we've seen that happen too with a couple of bad injuries and in some of the uh, you know some of the extreme matches and stuff where something happens. It just kind of takes away the luster from it. And you know I think um, with them building up to something for so long and I I thought we were finally going to get the end of it um and it still might be the end of it um you know i just don't think it's a fitting end for for and i don't think they would be happy with that ending for for both of them being the the types of wrestlers and high quality wrestlers and caliber wrestlers that they are so i think that was my biggest disappointment overall i still think they did the best they could um but i i really wish what that match would have looked like without him having the uh that big scenario right in the beginning so i put the cut in the chat Nice. Yeah, it's you see that cut, Chris? Uh, Chris, Chris, can you see the cut in the chat? Uh, If you go down to the... the There's at the top right, there's a a text box that says show chat. Okay. Holy jeez, I'm 40, man. I'm 40. Like... like, (laughs) Right under the X for Discord, there should be a like a show chat. Oh, that's horrendous! Right? He they were like he looked angry at the doctor. Let me go! Like he was like you could see they were like purposely not filming him. And then just before he was getting back into the match, you could see him like telling the doctor to piss off. Like I have to finish this match. Like that's a that's a warrior right there. I don't you want to people want to say wrestling isn't real? That's real. Yeah, and I think when you're looking at it, that's kind of where the takeoff was because then now you have Edge showing general genuine concern. It kind of gets away from it, but we know that it's real life, right? Like, you know that that's, that's part of it. Like, you care about the person that you're working with. You don't want to obviously hurt them, like, bad like that. And I, it's obviously just an accident in the ring, right? But I think it really took away from some of the malice that we could have saw them do to each other if, if uh, there wasn't a substantial blood loss on the inside of the ring. <laughs> Well, you could see the doctor's face when he was trying to go back in. She was like, no, you can't. Like, you, she was almost, like, trying to stop him, it looked like. Like, I'm surprised that match continued. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's a big one. So I think other than that, um, we got a pretty pretty good discussion. And now one of the things that really come out with him, we had a chat about this last night in our, because for those that don't know, and why would you, it's our second episode. We have a group chat when we watch wrestling so that we can talk to each other. And one of the things that we actually did talk about last night was a lot about um, kicking around this thousand day marker with Roman Reigns. And one of the things that kind of got me talking about when I wrote out the questions for today's um, episode is really coming out to, is Roman Reigns really the greatest of all time? And when you guys are thinking about that, it's about, is he just the greatest of the modern area? Is he the greatest of this generation? Or legitimately, is he the greatest professional wrestler that ever lived? Let's try and figure that out. So let's have a, let's have a talk and see where we're at. Chris, what do you think? Roman Reigns, like where you're at, anything that you can use, data, feelings, emotion, whatever you want to talk about. Is he the greatest of all time? Or is he just the greatest in his, in his own mind? Oh man, you know, I, I wasn't, I was, I didn't like Roman Reigns so much, but you know, you look at the WrestleManias, the, the ticket sales that those WrestleManias get, and he's, he's been at the top of most of them in the last little while. So I don't know. You gotta, you gotta give it to him there. He's, he did become after getting buried by John Cena one day, I guess he thought to himself, yeah, I'm going to go and, 
learn promos and he went and learned his promos and he's now he's now he's not not bad at all um it's tough it's tough to give someone that i've only been watching for let's say seven years the greatest of all time just considering everything else i've watched is he there for me yet no is he is he getting closer to being in in those those tops for me he's getting closer so I just can't give him the the greatest. I think he's he's the best right now. I I would have to agree that he's the best right now. I think when we're looking at it, we're talking about this thousand days. I know Josh, we were talking about the thousand days yesterday, and uh, you know what? It can go either way when you're looking at it. But I think a lot of people look at the longevity of a reign and they say, "Is that person the best person that ever lived?" Because if we were doing that, we'd probably be looking back into the 30s, the 20s, and 30s with some wrestlers that we never even heard of, right? <laughs> so I think when we go through it, I think on a, on a, on a level, we know that Roman is going to be in the category of uh, probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. And, you know, you look at possibly from those ticket numbers and everything, but can can he really be the greatest of all time if we had to compare him with Hulk Hogan, you know, Savage, if we have to go Attitude Era and we put him next to The Rock or, or you know, Stone Cold, or I know Triple H might not be with Stone Cold or The Rock, but I'd probably put him up there too. He's another first ballot, but he was also at one point in that era considered to be the greatest wrestler um uh, of his generation at one point in that era. So um, there's so many names we can have. We can talk about Bret Hart. We can talk about all these other people. But where does he sit? Do you think right now that he would be even in the top three, the top five? Josh, what do you think? Uh, well, I would say definitely the way that they're booking him. They're booking him as the greatest of all time. Uh, maybe, you know, it's hard to say when you look at the other records um, for length, for longevity. I don't think it's fair to compare him to Bruno San Martino. Those are different eras. Guys, you know, are traveling all over the place. They're not having, they're not as visible as they are. You know, in our time, no one has ever gone this long um, in a match. Do I think that he's the greatest wrestler in ring in the sense where it's like, you know, that's the guy who's going to put on the best match all the time? Uh, I don't think so. He puts on great matches as, you know, more than anybody else right now. Um, but he's also in the biggest matches. The way that they book him, he's being booked as the greatest of all time or at least uh, of, you know, in the last 20 years. Um, but, you know, I, I, I still don't, you know, I wouldn't call him the best of all time just because he doesn't win on his own. So that's how I would argue, but that's how wrestling is. They book the heels to win like that. So it's fine. But I'd say that like, you know, if you want to be true best of all time, then you got to do it without any assistance. But uh, this isn't, that's not, this isn't a real fight game. This is uh, wrestling. So it's not like that, but yeah. So I'd say that, you know, right now and, you know, in the last, in our lifetime, he's the best champion of all time, just for the length of reign that he's been unstoppable. He's, he, he's beaten everybody at the top and hasn't lost in almost a thousand days. And I'd argue that that's part of the reason why he won at WrestleMania is to give him that a thousand days. I know it's not a big deal, but I feel like they keep on talking about how many days he's been the champion and they're getting closer and closer. And if you really look at like any of the next big events that are coming up, SummerSlam is, you know, probably the biggest one. And, you know, maybe that's where he loses it and you set up the Cody story longer or you move to someone else. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough to go through when you're actually kind of trying to figure out. I've been trying to think, like, what makes Roman so different from all the other champions when we're having this conversation and why I like this question is that um, he's not like every other champion. And 
his reign is his own reign, and it's something that you've never really seen before. Why? And let me give you some data. I remember when CM Punk won the, the title in uh, AEW, and they're talking about him having a reign of like 74 days or 80 days or something like that. They said that in those 80 days, he wrestled and had more title defenses than Roman Reigns did in almost a year. Or something like Roman Reigns only wrestled in that one one of the years. Like he only wrestled like even if you saw the list, the list was only really like thirty or thirty two people over the course of, you know, three years. If you're thinking about it, like it's not a it's not a really a massive list. But that's part of what makes the draw so unique. You used to have guys like Cena that would put the title up every single week, every single week, every single week, and yeah, like does that make a a, a year long, you know, hold of the title? much better to look at of course it does because you're going to wrestle 150 times in a year but what separates roman from all these guys is that he has this weird ability just to have he's the best psychological wrestler on planet earth i don't care what anybody says people talk about oh who can who can create a story who creates this thing roman creates a story every time he's in the ring everything that he does is meaningful even from even stepping out of the ring from the brock lesnar beatdown, which we'll probably talk about what what do you mean? Sorry. Wonder how that takes gonna go over. Sorry, Chris. I wonder how that takes gonna go over with the <laughs> listeners of. I'm just I'm just curious. I don't know, but like psycho psychologically, it is like everything he does in his match is important, right? He slows everything down. He's super slow on his way to the entrance ring. He does a lot of things deliberately because that kind of makes him who he is. It's all about him, right? So when it comes through, I don't necessarily think that he's you know the most gifted wrestler like i don't think i i don't think when it comes to the skills perspective that i think kenny omega like destroys him but i think the way that he sets up matches and the way that he kind of breaks it down it makes things believable and, and breaks things down he used to be like john cena chris where he has kind of and he demonstrates the same moves like he does you know the superman punch and he does the spear and they're you know they're simple moves they're nothing fucking fancy but he doesn't do them like cena used to do his moves in a in a in a thing and, and roman used to do that but now he's kind of pulling them out and he's putting them in spots that are more important like are we going to see three superman punch in a in a contest that's long like against cody yeah probably but they're pulled out in much better spots now i I think when you're looking at wrestling purists, I don't think Roman gets enough credit for the psychological aspect. I really don't. And I think when it comes to it, I don't think he's the greatest of all time, but I think right now in the world, psychologically and putting together a match against these guys, I think he's really done it. Now, if you guys think I'm totally wrong, please tell me why, because um, I don't know. That's what I've been watching for him for the last six months in his matches have been really captivating and compelling shit on TV. So I mean, I, I don't know really what else to say. We've all been sitting there saying that this is the Bloodline's the best story on TV, and it is. And yeah, it's part of all the characters that are involved, but this has been a year-long thing. And uh, to me, as much as Sammy is the MVP for what a lot of people are, I honestly believe that Roman's the MVP because he's the foil to Sammy. Without Roman, you don't have Sami Zayn in that spot. And that's just my personal thought on it. And Roman, Roman was up top during during that whole run. He's he's he was the the main pillar of that run. So um, again, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't a huge Roman Reigns fan. Roman Reigns fan for a while, but 
to tell you the truth, not until we talked about doing this podcast is I, I didn't really get, I wasn't really into WWE as much. And then you watch it, you know, like I know what was going on, but um, I'm not going to put time out of my Monday to go watch it. Um, unlike now. Uh, but yeah, I would just seeing him from the last time I saw him, it was, and then watching him regularly. Yeah. He's, you know, he, he knows what he's doing and that's, that's what he's doing. He, he knows what he's doing is going to get a reaction. He knows and now he knows how to do it and he's developed his own yeah he doesn't wrestle that much he doesn't you know in the ring he doesn't have to do as much as other people have to do and it's just his his presence like he's he's gotten it to the point where where his presence is a Absolutely. thing I think it's better for his better for his character not to fight all the time I find it discounts the other rest like when you have a title match that's inconsequential like where the person's clearly not going to win, you might as well not have it. Like you can have that match with uh, the Intercontinental Champion. Then you know, like I don't, I don't see a reason to like last night when they when they didn't have the rematch. That makes makes total sense to me. There's no reason why Roman should be fighting uh, a, a title match on Raw. It, it's too small. I think that you know for a thousand days he wrestles every every pay per view, and he might get in the ring every once in a while in a, a tag match or something stupid that you know it sets part of the story up but I, I think that you know it's it's a good way to book him and all, every match that he has is the biggest match of the year you know like it's always a big important match it doesn't seem like it's not important except for logan paul <laughs> all right guys well we're getting close to ending the hour i just want to end the hour with one more quick questions what were you were your big takeaways from uh chris i know it's your most excited time of the year when we talk about the 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 raw after wrestlemania show oh yeah so i don't know if you want to kick it off what was uh what were you feeling about the show yesterday in regards to uh raw after wrestlemania yeah not um did it stand out as one of the best ones after wrestlemania no um Nice to get, I mean, the Brock Lesnar thing was, I didn't see that coming. Like, I had no idea. None of us did. I thought, I thought he was already in Saskatchewan by now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was, that was really cool. And, you know, you like to see that every once in a while from WWE where you don't know what's going to happen and it doesn't, you know, it's it doesn't quite make sense, but it's exciting. Unlike, you know, the women's tag match where it's like, why are an Italian Shotzi together? Like, you you know what I mean? <laughs> Josh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with uh, with Chris. I think, I mean, I think the Brock turn isn't, he, he, I, I feel like if his music goes off next week and he doesn't attack Cody Rhodes again, he'll probably still get a huge pop and people will still probably cheer for him. Um, for me, yeah, that, that, that. I, I mean, obviously, we're gonna hear we're gonna hear the story next on for Friday potentially. Uh, you know, that's the great part of it. I think that's wonderful. Um, I I really. But why did he attack Cody? That's the, another like. Yeah, it's not like you know, it's not like Roman's gonna offer him. You know, you attack Cody, and then I'll let you challenge me for a title again because he doesn't clearly doesn't want to face Brock again. Um, for me. It was interesting to see Rhea Ripley come out and inter like you know talk when Bianca was you know going. I really hope they don't move to um, having an undisputed women's championship. I really think like this is enough of this you know undisputed championships. If they're going to go that way, then they might as well just combine the two brands and stop having separate brands. It doesn't make any sense to True. me, but yeah, those are the two big moments for me. 
Yeah, I don't think it was really anything crazy to write home about. Um, I thought uh, they did a really good job of pushing what uh, how good WrestleMania was when we looked at it for the two days. But uh, I think that the, the the Street Profits and uh, Kevin Owens and Sammy was pretty good, but really wasn't anything super crazy that kind of really stood out. I think really the, the shocking thing was the Brock beating. And not just that the Brock beating was like 20 seconds. The Brock beating was like five or six minutes. <laughs> and it was just like... It just kind of, kind of really wanted to hammer home that he was really there just to kick the living shit out of Cody, and that that's kind of how it is. But like I said, I just loved how once Brock did the first thing when they got introduced, and just basically everybody else just got out of the ring and left. <laughs> yeah, we're not having this match. This match is over. Like we're not. There's not even going to be a match. <laughs> so another I, night that Roman doesn't fight. Yeah, pretty much right. <laughs> like yeah, I'm just show up i'm got my got my gloves and my uh my head of the table shirt on yeah we're not fighting today let's yeah. go private the, the private jets waiting with the usos on it because uh they uh weren't allowed into the uh <laughs> into the dressing room so they got to go to the the private jet with all the seafood apparently according to paul Heyman. so but guys we did it we got through episode number two we're going to be looking yeah. forward at some other stuff. So obviously this one was really WWE dedicated because obviously WrestleMania. Um, I think we're going to probably be scheduling another podcast for next week. Um, that'll be episode three. Like we're starting to sound like a Star Wars like trilogy at this point. But uh, what we're going to do is uh, we'll try and have uh, some other things that we'll talk about. We'll probably talk about some WWE, some AEW and uh you know, maybe start talking about some, uh, I don't know, guys, uh, an event that we're going to some forbidden door on June 25th. Yeah, that'll be that's gonna be fun. I'm yeah, excited. we can talk about. Yeah, some. We, we can, well, we you can, guys both sound. Pre- we can predict uh, now what we we can predict now who we think is gonna be in Forbidden Door, and we can see how those turn out. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna probably. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think I think we're gonna hopefully see uh, Mercedes. That'll be a good one too. But uh, we'll uh, we gotta see. We gotta save some of the stuff for the show, right, Chris? So we'll. Uh, I think the big one that's oh, gonna yeah. come out next week. One of the topics will definitely be where J- where Jay White's gonna end up. I think that's gonna be a good starting point. But uh, we'll have that in the questions. What about where Logan Paul's gonna end up? His contract's up too. Yeah, he said. <laughs> what, what did he say? It's the first time that he doesn't have a job in a while, <laughs> and you're just like, "Fuck you, man." <laughs> But anyways, with that being said, thank you so much to all our listeners out there. We really appreciate it. Chris has been watching our analytics, and he's saying that we're skyrocketing into the millions after our first episode. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but other than that, with that being said, please check us out. If you're listening to us already, please share the word. Spread the word out there on Facebook. Let people know. Share on your Spotify and on any of your Google accounts. And uh, hey, man, let's talk about wrestling because more people we can get involved. We can start taking some viewers' questions, and that'll be a lot more fun too. So... That being said, I bid you adieu. Good night.